Peace be upon you. So when you study the sciences, predominantly what you're doing is you're studying math. You're studying the, the numbers that represent reality. And from these numbers, you try to create simulations of what you should expect in the real world. So for instance, you study the uh, strong and weak nuclear force. What are these forces? What numbers constitute these forces? Or the gravitational constant? Or the expansion of the universe? Um, you know, or force is equal to mass times acceleration. These numbers depict how the physical world actually works. And when people read the Quran, the Quran is full of scientific facts, but it's not a science book. And what differentiates the Quran is that the creator of the universe wrote this book not for the science of the physical uh, universe, you know, how does uh, the matter operate within the universe, but how does a human being operate in life? The Quran is full of algorithms for life. And if you had to write an algorithm for life, how would you do it? Would you represent it by me means of numbers? It wouldn't make sense. A better way to show someone a representation of life, a model, something that they could use to apply to their own life in order to run simulations, in order to understand the right decisions they should make on how reality operates is by means of history and stories. And this is what the Quran does. The Quran provides us these algorithms, these depictions of reality for us to apply to our own lives. No different than a scientist who gets an equation that knows if they plug in this equation, it's going to give them the trajectory of the path of the object. But it's the same thing for us, where God is going to give us certain information, representations of what prophets and messengers and believers, how they conducted themselves in the past, how did these events transpire for them, so we can apply these same lessons to our own lives. No different than we apply the mathematical rigor of an algorithm to the simulation of reality. You know, when uh, scientists, they're studying uh, cosmological events, they're studying the trajectories of asteroids and comets and heavenly bodies, right? They're using these numbers to determine the path. Similarly, we can use this history from the Quran, these lessons that God has put in there to apply to our own lives for us to understand what decisions we need to make in order to achieve the outcomes that we desire. These stories in the Quran are not there for sheer novelty. Each one is an algorithm that we can apply for our own lives. You look at the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had everything in paradise. They had a perfect life. But what happened to them? The devil came and tempted them that was willing to say, look, forego all these blessings you have in order to transgress this one sin so you could have a little more. And when they did that, they fell. And this is a life lesson for us of how the devil comes about us, that we can have a perfect life if we abide by God's laws. But the devil's going to continuously try to derail us from that path. What's fascinating is the opposite of, uh, you would think, so the, when God called out the devil, and said, you're being arrogant by not obeying God's orders. The devil didn't come out and say, the human being is arrogant. What the devil did is he said, the human being is unappreciative. This is our core deficiency. And this is encompassed in the story of Adam and Eve. That we see that this is a lesson for us to pull from. This is an algorithm that we can apply to our own lives in order to better ourselves in the future. You think of the story of uh, Noah and the flood. This was an existential threat in the community of Noah and his people. But how did they treat this threat? We think about this, we say it's so obvious, he's a messenger of God, he's telling you there's gonna be a great flood, that you guys are gonna be wiped out, that you're not gonna be able to seek refuge in just a hill or a mountain. 
that this is going to annihilate the, the community. But how did the people respond to this? They mocked him. They ridiculed him. And we look at this and we say, you know, what were they thinking? But keep in mind, Noah lived 950 years. I believe the flood, according in the Bible, occurred when he was about 600 years old. So how many hundreds of years was Noah in mocking and being ridiculed by his people before this event transpired? How steadfast did he have to be? Now, at best, we live 80, 90, 100 years until we die. And we're going to be face to face with God in the day of judgment. Are we treating this event with as much seriousness as we expected the people of Noah to treat Noah when the flood was coming. Again, these are models for us to apply for our own lives, to learn from. We see the example of Abraham, that even as a youth, he was willing to defy the, uh, the idol worship of his people, his father. He was willing to be thrown into the fire rather than give in to such a blatant disregard for his creator. And again, these are lessons for us to apply for our lives. These are an algorithm that we can look at and say, what challenges am I facing? What hardship am I facing? And what can I pull from these, these lessons, these algorithms that God has bestowed in the Quran for us to learn from? We look at the story of Joseph. We learn about family feuds. We learn about people in uh, their chastity and the, uh, the, the backstabbing that takes place. But we realize that God is the one who holds all the cards. God is the one who holds the upper hand. Or the story of Lot, that he had a society where homosexuality and just all kinds of sinful acts, highway robbery, uh, rape, became prevalent. Did he cave in? Did he give in to the people's uh, expectations to say that, okay, it's fine, you know, it's, it's culturally acceptable? No, he, stayed, he was steadfast. He committed to his principles. He committed to God despite the society being completely okay with sin and transgression. And again, these are things that we can apply to our own lives. When we see in the media that there's no such thing as male or female, that uh, gender is a fluid dynamic. One day someone could be a, a boy, next day they can be a girl, as young as three years old. You know, there's someone on Twitch right now, the moderator, claims to be a reindeer. And this is what they're saying. They're saying this is okay, you know, uh, that uh, morality is culturally relative. Uh, some people are trying to justify pedophilia and say that, no, this is culturally acceptable, so we can't judge. No, we can judge. We have the Quran. We have the statute book. We have the inherent knowledge of good and evil that God has bestowed upon every human being to know that there's certain things that are culturally, despite whatever the culture says, are morally apprehensive. And we don't stand for that. And we look at the example of Lot, that he was willing to be banished in his home. He was willing to be uh, tormented, to be mocked, to be ridiculed, because he understood these principles. Or you take the example of Moses, that God saved him, protected him. And when he killed someone and he fled Egypt, that God gave him a mission that he had to go back to his fears, to face his fears, to face Pharaoh, and deliver a message. And we see what it's like for an individual to realize that there's a destiny that they have to fulfill that there's jobs to be done, that there's hardships that they have to, to, to face, that they can't run away from, that when God puts that into your heart, you do not cower and, uh, and flee, that you face these things and you provide the confidence that God has placed in us to overcome these challenges. You look at the examples of the children of Israel, how many repeated times they failed, they fell into idol worship, they fell into disbelief, they didn't trust God's promise, and we apply that to our own lives. That despite the numerous errors we make, the numerous times we stumble and fall, that as long as we repent, we reform, we draw closer to God, that God will redeem us. That these are all in the realm of possibility. You think about the, the history 
of Prophet Muhammad that God is telling us some of the hardest challenges he had to face. He had to face politics. He had to face war. He had to face community uh, uh, issues. You know, these things, these lessons are there for us to apply to our own lives. They're not there for us to look at in a vacuum outside. We take these same algorithms. We apply them to our lives for the challenges and situations that God has bestowed upon us. And God has given us these algorithms so we can understand what the right decisions are. And once we understand what the right decisions are, we trust in God's system that these models are going to play out in reality just like we read about them in the Quran. That if we apply these same lessons, these same principles that we read in these histories in our own lives, we should expect similar outcomes. This goes for both belief and disbelief. If you apply the wrong mechanisms, the wrong lessons from these histories, then you're going to get the detrimental response you would expect. But if you apply the right lessons, you maintain your chastity, you maintain your devotion to God, you maintain your trust in God, you, you're appreciative, you listen to the commandments that God has given us, you know that the outcome is going to be successful. No different than if you're taking a physics exam and you have all the numbers you need and you apply it to the right equation, you're going to get the right answer. And this makes sense. This Quran is a guidebook for the righteous. It's for us to be able to apply to our own lives. It's not something that is just put up on a shelf that we kiss occasionally, we occasionally open up to read one passage. No, we, we pull from these lessons and we apply them in our own lives so we get the right outcome, the right answers. No different than if you go into an exam, you pull the textbook, you learn the equations, you learn the models, and you apply it on the test. In our life, we're going to be tested. This is a sure thing. We're going to go through hardship. We're going to go through trials and turbulations. We have to be tested with our money, our children, our families, our relationships, our devotion to God. All this has to be put to the test. And if we apply these same algorithms that God has placed for us in the Quran, we will see that by God's leave, we will be successful. We just have to trust in God's system. Now, it's easy to become complacent. It's easy to, to have doubt. But the aspect is that if you trust in the system, if you trust in God's promise, then there's nothing to fear about. There's nothing to worry about. This is the reason we read the Quran infinite number of times. And each time we're pulling new understanding, new lessons, new valuable information from. Because we don't realize how we can apply this knowledge to our own lives, to better our situation, to be able to consult other people. All these things that we endure, a human being endures in our life. The questions when it comes to our morality can be found in the Quran. This is what this book is for. If you have a question in regards to ethics, how to deal with the situation, what is the right moral outcome that one needs to make in order to be on the right path, the Quran is our book for that. This is our textbook for that. These algorithms that God has placed in us. It's amazing that you think, how would you write an algorithm for life? What would you do? It wouldn't be equations and numbers and variables. No, you do that by means of a metaphor of a story. By being able to tell us the history of the prophets and messengers and identifying the key aspects of their life and what they went through and what was the right approach that they applied, we're able to take that resource out from those uh, stories and apply it to our own lives. This is an amazing, miraculous thing that God has bestowed upon us for those who are appreciative. This knowledge is there for us to take, for us to apply to our own lives. So if you're having a conundrum, say with family disputes, you look at the lessons from Joseph. If you're having a conundrum with how to deal with temptation, you look at the history from Adam. 
If you have a question in regards what you do when you stumble and fall, you look at the example of the children of Israel. These lessons, these algorithms are there for us to apply to our lives. No different than the algorithms we use to, to simulate and model this universe. If someone had to write an uh, equation for your life, what better mechanism than a story? Something that, again, there's something inherent in human beings that we gravitate towards stories. We gravitate towards lessons. That when someone tells you a fact, let's say if I give you a statistic, probably in two hours you might not remember that statistic. But if I tell you a story, you'll remember that potentially for the rest of your life. That's the reason that these stories are so sticky. You know, this is a, a marketing term that once you hear it, you can't let go of it. It resonates with you. And it's interesting that God only puts the details that are necessary for us to learn from. God doesn't get into the details of, hey, what time period was this? What was the name of these individuals? It's only in the, the fact that the meat of the substance is what's in the Quran. Those other elements, how many were in the, the uh, how many of the sleepers of the cave was there? What number was their dog? God is saying, just go along with it. It's not important. These elements that are important are in the Quran. These are the ones that we need to take away. The human being, we get caught up in these details that aren't very relevant for our salvation. But the Quran sticks with the aspects that we can apply to our lives so we can better our situation. So next time you have a hardship you're trying to overcome, an ethical decision you have to make, an aspect of morality you're questioning, consult the Quran. See what algorithms God has put there for us to apply to our lives. And you know that if you apply these algorithms to your life, you will be successful. You will get the right answer. God willing, we're going to end there. But as always, if you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at QuranTalk@gmail.com. And also, we have the Quran Study app out on the iOS App Store or on the website www.QuranStudyApp.com. If you want to understand the Arabic of the Quran and understand the translation of the Quran, it is a great resource. So again, Quran Study app and the logo looks a lot like the logo for the podcast. It's got the gold Q in a black background. So until next time, peace and God bless.